Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind. This episode is sponsored by Pure Sports Nutrition. We really just to give a shout out as well to them because they sponsored the Noosa Half Marathon and Marathon yesterday. They give us plenty of nutrition and their products. And yesterday uh, I picked up from Rowan at the stand before the race some gels and also these um, energy chews. Now, my sugar was dipping a bit low during the race and one packet of these has got like 48 grams of uh, carbohydrate in it. And they're like little jelly cubes and they just really they really that whole packet really just did save me so um they, they've supplied a few more for us and we gave them out um to the boys there's a couple of us just use their products all the time so just a shout out to them they've uh helped us out a lot so and uh, there i was nabbing as much as i could off the stand and got myself a new water bottle as well so thanks to rowan and uh, I think it was Tess as well was over from New Zealand. So um, it was good to catch up with with them. And so, yeah, thanks a lot. So, Troy, if you haven't tried their gels and their sports drink, uh, we definitely recommend it. Uh, it's got a really good balance of uh, products and nutrition in it. And they actually use like real fruit in their products as well. So, yeah. Great tasting, eh? Gels are really that's the thing tasting. the ta- the the gels actually are easy to swallow they do different ones with caffeine in as well but they're just really easy to swallow like i always said i roll my packets to get the most out of them so don't spill them all over your hands but they are you don't need water to to swallow them i find so um but you know if you find something that works for you then stick with it and they just really work for me the gels are great i agree yeah they're gonna be at the gold coast aren't they they will be there, but they're not sponsoring. Are they sponsored by uh, another company? But they will be there, yeah. So um, I said to Ron, I'll catch up with him down there. He's going to send us some more stuff as well. So cheers. Awesome. Thanks, Pure. All right, well, welcome to episode 66 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat, the running podcast for the average runner. There's uh, myself, Woolly, Nathan Barden, Spartan Sparling, and Fraser Barden in the house. Yeah, three of you which run a half marathon yesterday and yeah, conquered the good event Noosa. up at Noosa. Yep, hey, cold, eh? Cold mm. morning. It, 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 it wasn't that as cold as it had been, though, was it? So it wasn't too bad, especially up by the sea. Um, we just big regret we didn't go for a swim afterwards. Yeah, no, it was just rip, it was, was a little bit um hectic up there, wasn't it, for traffic yeah. and. People and around. I didn't actually, I realised I didn't even have a towel in the car. I'd forgotten my towel. And I usually have a spare one in the car, but I didn't even have that. So it would have been a T-shirt dry. Yeah, sitting on your seat and you, your like, car's quite nice and new and clean and you don't want to be. Well, I got, so I had bought spare, spare shorts and everything, but. Um, I had a towel. No, we would have used phrases afterwards. I just wiped his backside with it. How's everyone's lips, man? This wind is just horrendous oh, killing like last week my lips were like sore as and like my boy lucas his lips are all cracked yeah on the top i use pawpaw it's good but it's, it's got to be a constant thing you, yeah. you get it for a few hours and 
It's and as you've been out in the sun up. as well, the sun and the wind. Yeah. I think it's mainly the wind. It just dries it. Yeah. My hands are the same from work all around my fingernails, around the edges here. They I don't know mm. if you can see that little black dot. That's a crack. And it's just from having wet hands, yeah. drying hands, wet hands, drying hands all the time. It's just a constant. My knuckles are cracking like the just real dry skin. Yeah. Well, I had an argument with the uh, horse I sent the photo for it, didn't I, on Monday? Uh, and then the horse decided he didn't want to have his coat off, and I held on, held on to it too long and then let go. But and I went, oh, stupid horse! And then I thought, oh, my finger hurts. So I looked down at it and went, because I thought, oh, I've just like just pulled it, but nothing, you know. And I looked down and went, oh shit! It was a big, big flap of skin. So I quickly stuck it down and went straight in and taped it up. Um, but in the end, uh, I lost the flap. Yeah, so it's it's healing, but it's healing pretty quick. I'm pretty surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm always getting nicks and that on my on my hand. I still got that coming through. I whack my finger now. That blood's seeping its way up through. Yeah. So yeah. Should we um get into the event shout outs? Because I know you want to thank all the and shout out the run with Rob guys phrase. I've only got a couple of the striders I was going to give a shout, so I might as well just roll into that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's his big fella was in the marathon, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Andrew Emmerig, he ran 327. That was his first ever marathon. Oh, nice. Bloody great. Uh, really did well. Like, struggled a bit towards the end. I think uh, I was looking at his splits earlier. It looks uh, like he had vapor, um, alpha flies on, did he? Yeah, like third. Like he, was such, he was running sort of like 445s average, a couple of quicker ones towards the end. But then at 36k he went 502 37 oh. 518 530 527 oh. but then he managed to you know ramp it up a bit towards the end so he, he for his first ever marathon and he's not yeah. really been running you know not really been known for running big k's like sub 330 is bloody good for your first um yeah first it's just crap. hard pacing it and um and then like i say a marathon doesn't start till 30 k's yeah. Anything can happen, eh? Like we were talking about it on the way home. You could just there's so many little things that can go wrong, and to just so to just have a good race is just yeah, you ever you've done really really well to finish. But then also in the marathon, uh, Kim Dingwell man had a great run, three fourteen. He stoked with that. Um, yeah, it was the last time he had Gold Coast, he'd had COVID and the flu in the lead up, and just didn't wasn't able to train properly. And then in the half. Uh, Richard did 124 and Anthony did 119.59. Oh. So just under 120. Yeah. Um, yeah, well done, boys. They're, they're all the striders. So, um, congratulations. I've given there was some others running. There was, um, oh, you might not know, there was a, a one of the female South Point striders that I think I managed to pace in under 210 and, uh, her little boy uh, asked if he could have my balloon afterwards, so um, I, I gave him, I gave him my balloon. I nearly lost it actually as I was taking it off, but there was loads of people on the course were going, "Oh, look, another balloon with their yeah, kids," yeah, and they were going, that. "Oh, balloon, well done, pacing away," and they go, "It's the best part of the race," <laughs> looking out for the uh, for the balloons. But someone said the one forty pacer in the half didn't have a balloon, and yeah, it might have uh, come off. Yeah, it might have, yeah, yeah. For for anyone who doesn't doesn't know, me and Nathan were pacing at the half marathon at Noosa, and 
we had the balloons tied to us and pacing numbers on and man, my balloon just drove me insane. I ended up running with it, just holding it. Yeah, because it, it was flicking back when it hit because yeah. it was in trail behind you and hit people in the face. The people yeah. that I was running with were just getting the shits with it. So I was like, I had to I take it into the portal with me as well. Because oh, it was at like, what, how many Ks? Um, I was 16.8 Ks and I had to nip into the. I saw Portaloo with the, the green, so I, oh, there's no one in it. I ran in, I had to like shot, took the took the balloon with me, and then remember to take it on the way out. I'd, actually, I hit, a, I did hit a tree with it at one point. I was like worried I was going to burst it or lose it. And then at the finish line, I hit someone in the. It got caught under their cap actually, and like like snagged back. <laughs> so I was, like, I was just glad to get rid of it in the end. So who's a run with Rob Crew, Brace? Yeah, it was quite performances a few there. there yesterday. Some supporting, some running. Uh, I think every, my, everyone just did the half marathon. So first up, there was um, <clears throat> Katie Short. She did one forty-eight oh six. Jimmy Silky did uh, one forty-five oh one. Uh, Claire Little two ten oh six. Imogen did two oh four twenty two. Katie Faulkner did one fifty-eight seventeen. Um, and your sister did, uh, what did your sister do? Uh, 142.46, which is a PB. That was a great race for your sister. Yeah. And I did 142, I think I did 142.48 or something like that, I think. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So after my sort of two week forced taper, I was quite pleased with being able to finish it really. Did you yeah. start with me or was I? No, I did. I got it. Yeah, because I was in that group at the just at the start in the sub one thirty start. Um, but yeah, you were just ahead, and then I was like just trying to keep you in a distance just to see your balloon. But then I was just after about four or five k, I sort of yeah, I couldn't go any faster, so I just kept running at sort of a four forty five pace. Shit, I was getting sorry. a lookout for you, but I couldn't see you because of all your, you know, run with Rob Tops sort of all mixing with, because they're dark. I've just, else, isn't they? I've just remembered I've, um, I missed out on one of the striders too. And it's an actually really important Trevor Warburton is his first half since he's had like surgery. He ran 128. Sorry. I forgot you, Trev. That was, um, Probably the best performance of the day, really, because he's like, uh, I think he's 50 something. And, you know, when you get an injury like that, as serious as that, it's hard to come back from, but he's in great shape. Like, you know, he's not, he's kept himself really fit. I think that makes all the difference, eh? Not piling on weight, staying active, watching what you eat and that. And then you can sort of bounce back quick. Like, so 128 for the half's bloody quick for any age to do that, you know, in your 50s. What did, what was his injury? Awesome run. Uh, like, like a stress fracture in his foot oh. that, that required surgery. So he yeah. was like, you know, off for, for months sort of thing. Mm. But he, when I was um, doing the pace, he said, mate, I'm just going to stick with you <clears> at the one hour 30 um, pace. And if I can run that, I'll be over the moon. And I, but I, ha I was having real trouble getting the pace right for the first few K mm. and Trevor was in front of me. And I'm thinking, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I like my GPS was a bit 
all over the place. You know, so many people trying to like get on the GPS. I think that the watches weren't really working properly. My watch said I ran with twenty like eight other people, like my Strava. I was like, oh, I got I got a couple of. Can you add this to the back of <clears throat> the results I was saying, Steve? I got. Oh, one. just just yeah. I'll just leave yeah. It. Yeah. I'll um. Ben, uh, he did uh, one thirty two oh three. Oh shit! Yesterday, and Katie Furness did one thirty four thirty four. How about Jimmy? Wow. You mention him. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy. Silky, yeah. Casey Furness. Yeah. The quickest time out of all the women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she wow. um, she goes good in training and stuff. I tell you what, man. Pretty young. Bloody, bloody good course to run a PB on that. Mm. Really yeah, nice. You sort course. of pace yourself a bit for the if you see what your first lap is and if you go, oh, all right, okay, I need to, um, you know, just pick it. Yeah, you once go. you map it out in your mind, you know where your turns and your um, drink stops are and that, you can you really get rolling, eh? Yeah. And it was only really like a couple of little bumps over the bridges, but apart from that, it was dead flat. Yeah, the, the worst one was the one right out the back, wasn't it? At New Seville, the, yeah. uh, the big bridge. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, I, I enjoy that course. It's quite nice. i got one person to mention for the... Um... Up at the Noosa Half. Chris Curtis, he's training for the Gold Coast Marathon. Yes. It's his first marathon ever. He's done this as part of his training just to see how he's progressing. And he got an eight-minute PB yesterday. So his last, I think his previous PB was at um, Jetty to Jetty last year. And yesterday he pulled out a 148.18. Yeah, I talked to him afterwards, man, buddy. Yeah. Good run. He looked strong on the course too when I did see him. Yeah. I was making myself car sick, eh? Looking at the crowd. Yeah. Just yeah. checking for people. Like I was giving everyone I knew a shout and like the um the quicker guys obviously come through earlier. But then it was so congested in parts, it was really difficult to um like it's pretty hard not to um spot Chris Curtis. He's like seven foot tall. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. massive unit. But yeah, other, I saw him at the start. Like my sister and that in the run with Rob shirt. Like that, she was quite well disguised, you know, being small and that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, another man, a great event. I'm stoked I did the pacing now. Like at the time, I was like, oh, should I just run it and race it? But I'm really glad I did it because I sort of feel like you, you feel good helping other people. And I, it turned out sort of towards the end, I did have uh, a solid, I had like probably four people that hung on for most of the way. One of them dropped off with about 3K to go. Uh, and then there was two girls and one guy from the Morton Bay Roadrunners yeah. left. And the two girls really put the hammer down with about 2K to go. And so I, like the Morton Bay Roadrunners guy was dropping off a little bit and I'm like, I took my foot off the gas to sort of help him, but I was worried I was going to run over the 130. Was, that, was his name Scott Perry? That's it, Scott. Yes. Because I've seen your time and his time almost identical, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shit. I, I just his, his name just escaped me there, but yeah, he was like struggling a bit, and I'm I'm like saying to him, mate, we've got like 200 meters to go, let's go, and um, yeah, we end up coming in at 129.40, but I was I had like 120 meters long, like yeah. on the actual course, so I'm glad I went a little bit quicker than than the actual time that I thought I was going to do because. Had I gone for four fifteens, I would have been over. 
Yeah. I think it was a bit common. Everyone had like a long course, didn't they? Yeah, I had 100 metres over, 21.2. But it's, I suppose it's the race line, isn't it? Because there's a few. When you go turn left into the houses and stuff and do a, a loop round, it all depends on the, what, what line you're taking and stuff. But, um, yeah. I had two. I had uh, 21.36, I think mine was. So, the, um, that was the first, that was my first half marathon in four years. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, first time I've done a proper <laughs> road race like, um, in four years. So. Hey, Nate. Oh, got a race, how, how did you um, handle the slower pace? I know that's, a, that's pretty slow for someone that, you know, just as your general pace, if you went and run and be 525, 30, to slow right down to that yeah. speed, 21Ks. Like, I, Especially being in dead flat as well, because I'm used to like hills in it. So my average always looks weird because I've never run in flat. So, um, but yeah, I was meant to be doing about 605 a K. I think I averaged 602. Um, and I I just had a real, I did have trouble in just uh, not going too fast, you know. So I just had worked out, I was just short on my stride a bit. And um, uh, there was this one girl, uh, Delphin, that, just called me right at the start and she says, Oh, I'm just gonna stick with you because I'm going for 210. She made it in the end. She just fell off her legs went to jelly in the last couple of Ks, but she managed to make it over the line under 210. But I just was like, Oh, I, my shoelace come undone at about five K, so I had to quickly do that. And I just sped back up to find her because I knew she was going at about that pace. And then at the when I had to 16k and pop into the loo, I this then was doing like four minute 10 a K just to patch back up to the, that same area and i just sat there and then you know i had real trouble then getting my pace back down to that six six oh five sometimes it went up to 620 but i think that was just maybe dodgy gps when we were turning around on ourselves, you know yeah um, and that 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 wrist thing that i made was a lifesaver oh, okay because i could tell the group i was with i was like we're 20 seconds in front of um oh yeah cool One twenty nine thirty. So I said, yep. we're going to be 129 low if we hold this. And the general mm. group consensus was stick on pace. Like, as I was sort of saying, do you want me to back it off for a couple? And just luckily, lucky you were, because you had it a bit longer than the 21.1, didn't you? So I think that luck was that, you know, for the course, you made, you made it in under 130. Um, if it had been definitely a dead, 21.1 as per your watch you would have been well under again as well so um, i think i would i think i would have been close to 129 well probably 129.10 or something like that yeah yeah but to um yeah like my average pace was 413 so like oh yeah like it's a bit yeah but yeah it was just it was difficult um a spartan to just try and just like you know ease myself down and not uh, Especially at the start, because it was doing like 440, 540, okay, sorry, 545. Now I just let it slow down. And then I on my watch, I've got like total average. So I was looking at that and it slowly came down. It went about six minutes, then it went to 601, then it went to 602. Yeah. So I knew that I was slowing down a bit, but I didn't want to slow down too much. And then at the end, I was literally just like sort of sidestepping, shouting at people to get them over the line, you know, like yeah. uh, so so truly I probably would have done like 208 but because i was just messing around getting trying to get people over the line I, mine came in at 208 47 so i'm pretty happy with that what did you do um training wise 
during the week, Nath? Yeah, so um, on Tuesday, uh, no, Monday, sorry, because I'd, I'd done the cross country on Saturday, I had a rest Sunday. Monday, I did a uh, just 12K. Tuesday, sorry, missed Tuesday as a rest, went um, boxing, actually. So um, I had a good session there. Realized I'm a bit unfit with some of the push ups and stuff. Wednesday, did another. 12k basically uh same loop again and then wednesday did a long run 14 and a half k um then did a tempo session on thursday which was uh 5k easy 5k tempo and then 2k warm down and then obviously the I ended up with the half and a bit of a warm up. I ended up with 23k and I needed to get like 71 done for the week. So I went for a 9k run yesterday. Arvo. Oh, um, fuck. Yeah. That would, I been, actually, that would have been tough. It it took a couple of k to get my legs going, but then I actually went in my Alpha Fly ones and um just once I got the legs going on the flat, I was like able to sort of like pick up a decent pace. So I averaged 531. Um, you know, it's not flat, it's a bit lumpy. So that was good. And then then today I've just run around the uh marking out my 400 meter track out in the paddock. So I've done nearly another K today. So I think for the week I have totaled 72.42 K. Awesome. So, yeah, what about oh. you, Fraze? Did you do much? Because you were had your injury like do any uh, running? I forgot my. Do I did I did uh Yeah, I think you said you're doing a treadmill run or something. I did do a mean... treadmill run, and I did a um. When did I do a treadmill run? Yeah, I did a treadmill run. I think on the Tuesday, and then just uh six k, just at the gym. See how my leg felt. I did do some um just on the elliptical and that as well, but yeah, just run on the treadmill. See how the hamstring was, and it. I mean, I could feel it, but I could run on it. It wasn't painful. It just felt like a tight muscle in the back of your leg. And then on the Thursday, I just did 30 minutes easy out on the road. Um, and then a few strides at the end just to, you know, try and see how the hammy went just at a faster sort of pace. And it felt all right. Um, and then obviously come yesterday... I could feel it, but it, you know, and then if if I did try and keep the pace up after about four or five k, it I could feel it a, a bit more. But then I, I seem to be able to hold a sort of four forty five, four fifty pace without it sort of making any difference. Um, so that's what I just ended up running yesterday. Um, and I was just yeah happy that I sort of finished it. Um, I was yeah, I was probably in my mind I was probably going on around 145 sort of time maybe um so i was quite pleased in the end um one 142 whatever i got but um and then i was i got sick last weekend as well because the oldest boy samuel had been sick and i called that off of him so it was uh wasn't the best preparation <laughs> yeah so post race fraser how how's everything feeling now uh, my calves are the worst thing this morning. They're absolutely like killing. Um, the hamstring feels, I can't even feel the ham, the, any tightness in the back of my hamstring. 
Yeah. I don't know whether because me the muscles are aching and my calves more that <laughs> my, my pain's more Probably. focused on that. Um, but I went to the gym early and just did half hour on the elliptical trainer just to try yeah. and loosen my legs up, which just sort of helps. Um, yeah. It sort of helped release the the pain in my calves and stuff. But yeah, that's the main sort of after bit is the is just the calves really. Do you reckon it's from changing your running style slightly to compensate for the hemi? Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably because um, yeah, I was. Yeah, because yesterday after sort of race, it was my right quad. Yeah, the hamstring didn't hurt. It was more of the muscle round to the side of the yeah of the thigh. Um, probably I compensated by running a bit different. So you, you kind know. of sidestep the actual yeah, injury. So, and yeah, new ones. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know whether it's because of the shoes. Yeah, I bought my vapor flyers twos. Um, calves are right, but I mean, I expect my legs to ache anyway. Oh, racing, yeah. um, so yeah, but overall, well, the, the hamstring feels fine, so I don't know. I reckon, I don't know if it's sort of I sort of run it off, yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. Let's get back into training and see what happens, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll see in the morning, get up and go for a run out on the road, see how my calves are. But, but probably good just to get out and go for a little jog. Yeah. Cool. How I go. But yeah, I'm just gonna this week I'm just I've got a sort of a easier week anyway. Just gonna do a few few runs, easy runs in the week just to recover from the weekend and then yeah, just get back into it again. What about I'll you sparling, yeah? Yeah, I'll go next. I haven't done too much this week. I've done fifty Ks I think. And that was twenty today. I had a couple of rest days. Um then Monday, did a recovery run after GC30 with Sammy. Um, we just went out and did 6K, just easy pace, just to run the legs, sort of get get everything going again. And I ended up feeling quite all right, and here was the same. Um, Tuesday, I just did uh, another easier sort of run as well. Um, ten I, On Wednesday, I did a 10K trail running out of Bullockies just to chuck some shoes on and go run some dirt paths instead of running concrete and bitumen, which felt really good for a change. And then uh, Thursday, I did 3Ks of um, hill sprints behind my house. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, they're 100 metres long from the bottom of a hill and just run up 100 metres, usually 100, 100 or so. I just had a driveway that I was running to. I measured the first one which was like 102 or something. So over the course of three Ks, I went up 15 times so and down 15 times. So um, that was pretty cool just to try and get some elevation to my legs. But then I got sprung a, a night off on Friday from a boss. He said, take this one. So me and Kylie decided I probably won't get our anniversary night off down the track a bit. So we just took it early and went away by ourselves on uh, Friday night. And then today I did 20 K with wax. We were just checking out the Queensland half marathon course. So we just run it just to see what that, you guys know the Deegan deviation track that obviously goes from um, the Hornybrook bridge out to the high school there on barefoot street. So we just run along there just to see what that was like again. Cause last year that was the start and finish this year. That's the start. Is, so, it, yeah. is that, yeah, I was talking to a mate at work, his wife's doing it. Um, yeah. It goes, the start of it's different this year, and it does it go underneath the Hornybrook Bridge and then go yeah. left well, as you began towards the city along the pathway. Well, pretty much it was an out and back, right? Last times, um, you yeah. started at Barefoot, the school over at Bracken Ridge, and you run all the way down to 
the Brighton Pier and you went up over the hill next to that. Yeah. And you turned around, went back. So it was just an out and back. This time we started at Decker Park and we run back to the Brighton School. So yeah. you get that dig and deviation out of the way, out and back straight away. It's about nine and a half Ks. And then this year they're incorporating. So you go Decker to Brighton, back to Decker, and then all the way out to Sandgate Pier. You run the Sandgate Pier, then back to Decker as the finish. So it's like a, a dual pass. So you start there, pass it, and then finish there. Well, it, the, the Sean Cliff. Is it yeah. Sean, the Sean Cliff, yeah. So the yeah. park, it goes down, does the park run thing. Yeah, it? so basically we just started at Decker and just jogged yeah. it out. That's where we've seen you, Steve, and Michael and, um, and Flannery. Jesus, it was um, cold, eh? Yes. Yeah, My that was quite windy down. along there too. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was my week, just fifty k's. Um, back into it. Gonna get a few trail runs on the, in my feet this week. We're doing um, doing a twenty k loop out at Inogra on Tuesday. So gonna just flog myself over the next seven weeks till the guzzler. Is How far away is weeks? the guzzler? Eight weeks as of yesterday. Yeah, it's so just a couple of weeks after the gold, isn't it? Yeah, it's the twenty second of um July. So it was exactly eight weeks yesterday. So yeah, I've already organised some running buddies. That are, I mean, they're gonna—they're actually got Tuesdays off, so out at Nogra is only—I don't know—twelve minutes from my work. But they're gonna drive out there. I'm just gonna run this other loop. that's about five and a half k until they get there about quarter to nine, and then I'll jump in. and We'll do that. I think it's called the—I uh, can't remember the loop. It's the Hellhole Loop. You know, twenty k's. You go up um, Mount Nebo Break, down Hellhole, back on the South Boundary Road, and then back to Nogra. Same as your finish line for the BT, um, BTM, Nathan. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a 20K loop. So, we're going to do that plus a little bit extra. So, maybe about 25, 26Ks on Tuesday of trails. I think it's about a 1,000 metres of elevation. So, we'll start there and maybe chuck in that boundary road 45K that you and I did sometime too. That's yeah. 1,600 metres of elevation. So, see how we go. Well, I've got uh, – I've put a little course together for um, the little private – uh, run yeah. ultra marathon. I want to do so. I'll flick it to you and have a look. Yeah, um, yeah. all right. See what you reckon? Have a look. Yeah, forty six. I think forty six, forty seven k. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the map, Fraser, for um the Queensland half, and it does start at de- starts finish Decker Park. Yeah, that's what we just that, Steve was just saying. Yeah, yeah, it goes along that by the side of the. Highway that comes off to Hornybrook, you turn back round, obviously go up and all the way down to uh, Shawncliffe Pier, isn't it? Yeah, it's and exactly back. the same same loop as every other year. It's just a different starting point, so they incorporated yeah. the same track. They should move the start point. Yeah, oh, that's going to yeah. be like hectic on that starting at Decker Park, eh? Mm. On that part, is that, it's not wide, is it? <laughs> that path? No, I, I think the amount the amount of people running, like we run that today, there's so many people just on a general Sunday. It's going to be well, a lot what happens with the general public there? Is it going to be the footpath going to be shut off to them? No, it was still open last year. Still, oh, a few years back, what was that 2020? Steve, Steve, um, people should be some moving along there. Yeah, when when Steve videoed and wax paced in 2020, it was still open. You just had to dodge yeah. everyone, I guess. But yeah, it's just a courtesy thing. No different than when you're running today. Me and Wax are saying a lot of people, like we were cruising along about five minutes a kilometre a day, like a 505, around that. It's amazing how many people you catch that aren't, they're just running a lot slower, you know what I mean? So it's not going to be no different on race day. You're just going to be, you just got to look ahead, I guess, and make sort of make some sort of assumption how everyone's running. How many How many do they get usually in that race? I don't know. There was a fair few that year I did it. Yeah, a couple of hundred. Um, yeah, a couple of hundred at least. Yeah. 
500 I think. It's quite expensive for what it is, though. Like Not 95 bucks in it for it. Yeah. You got to think all the other events throwing shirts and whatnot. I think they threw in like a three pack of socks of some sort. I'm not sure. Back, back well, the the Noosa was 140 and you don't get anything. Really? You get oh, there you go. Just get your medal. Just get a medal. You're comparing out of apples to apples, really. I went on my, my account thing for when I entered it 2019, it was like 100, I think 110 yep. bucks. So it's gone up. You should bucks. get a t shirt, 140 bucks. You should get a t shirt or a singlet with the medal. Yeah. Got a bag. <laughs> got a shoe bag. Got a bag. Me and Nathan spoke about this probably three weeks ago when you did your BTM. So, yeah, how much was your BTM, Nathan? Oh, 100 bucks. 110. Okay. And the Guzzler, which is only like 8Ks longer, is 265. And what do you get? Three. A t shirt and a medal. You yeah. don't even get a medal. Yeah, you get a medal. It's a massive oh, medal. It's like huge. Oh, that's right. It's Yandina's 245 and you don't even get a medal. But in comparison, Nathan still run the majority of the guzzle course. So you're talking, you know, $160 more. And the nutrition, the food is great for yeah. um, the yeah, track both. events. Like yeah, both fruit cake both the same, so. fruit. It's meant to be good for the guzzler. They say the guzzler's like real good. Yeah. At the age Tell you what, so, Steve, Willie, do you know the half Gold Coast half marathon? Were they giving out uh, gels on that or were it just the marathon? Yeah, I think so. The, they were giving the yeah. cramp fix and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, they were giving out those those uh, gels. So, um, yeah, they had all that at the Gulf. second too. half. That adds up. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll whiz through what my week because we, uh, we've got yeah. our guests in the go. waiting room. Um, oh, this is probably the best week of running I've ever had since being a junior. Ended up with 108k, which is one of the biggest weeks I've ever done. But Monday, I did, I was supposed to do an easy 45 minutes, but I had my headphones on. I was listening to um, James English podcast and I just got sort of taken away with it. I ended up running 50 minutes and I had to like stop and walk because uh, I was still quite away from home and I thought, shit, Paul's going to crack the shits with me soon because every time I keep doing extra. Yeah, rogue. Yeah, I thought, oh man, I'll stop at 50 and walk at home. So I did that. Um, then uh, Tuesday, I did five by four minutes at the mill. Um, went there with Wax. He uh, he picked me up, uh, gave him a good pump up before the session for breaking 20 minutes. Um, Anthony did. Uh, yes, yeah, so I did five by four minutes, uh, sort of all around 325 per K pace, which I just, yeah, felt strong it was definitely hard but had a little bit of control there it felt really good um then uh tuesday i didn't and just one hour which was uh 11k and then thursday we adjusted the session because i was pacing i think he dropped a couple of reps off but i did three by seven minutes at 340 to 345 pace and uh felt super strong on that and then uh, friday i did 8k Came back and uh, I've been having trouble with my watch. And when I got back, I'd uh, I'd been chatting to uh, Sparling about trying to sort it out. And uh, he sent me one text and said, try this. So I tried it and I thought I'll go and run one more K and it it had fixed it. So thanks for that, Steve. That was bloody a lifesaver. Cool. Um, Because I was starting to panic about the Friday night, the night before pacing and still having dramas with my bloody laps on the watch. Yeah. And then uh, Saturday was Noosa Half, just doing the uh, the pacing gig, spot on. 
really enjoyed that as we've spoken about. And then this morning I did a 36 K with uh, Matt Flannery and Michael Holmes. And the last five K I picked it up and run all the five Ks under, uh, I think they're all around sort of like three fifty five average. So just to feel that strong after doing the pacing the day before, like, cause my legs are pretty sore from that today, like running just like, Oh, I feel I'm pretty knackered. And then from sort of 31 K on pushing under four minute Ks was, I sort of sat down afterwards cause I'd, I'd left, um, Michael and Matt to just hook in and do that. I was sitting there on my own afterwards thinking, man, if you'd have asked me a couple of months ago, if I could do that, I'd have laughed at you. Like I've just, just really happy with how everything's been going and Paul sent me a message and said, man, well done, but just be careful because if you go too nuts, something could go pop. So yeah, take his advice on board and not do anything silly. But this week is, uh, yeah, I've got my program sent through and it's a, it's another Huge. bloody tough another week. week. Yeah. How many cases this week? 108. So big week. One of the, could be, I don't think it's the biggest week. But um, one of the biggest weeks. And that leads us into uh, this week's guest, Adam Leishman. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Hey, fellow Romans. How are you? Yeah, How good, you? mate. Good. good, mate. One of our longest followers, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You would have heard his name on the podcast heaps, but he really epitomizes what we're all about. He's a guy that's totally changed his life. From uh, I didn't realize how, like, not to be rude, but how out of shape you were until I saw that Instagram post the other day. Like, what was you oh, at yeah. your biggest? What was you at your heaviest? I was 135 kilograms. And I wasn't just, and I use the word fat, and I'm very comfortable about it. And, and you know, I, I know there's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, um, commentary about fat shaming and stuff like that. But the only person that can fat shame somebody is yourself. And I was fat. And, you know, the technical term for that was obese. And I wasn't just obese. I was morbidly obese. I was into that range. So I noticed that I call it obese anymore either. They've never come up with a nice fancy name for it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to uh, early grave, so I needed to do something. Yeah. So tell us about that. Like how, what, at what point did you decide, oh, enough's enough. I'm going to make a change. And and how did you, did that turn into running? Well, I, it had. It happens slowly and it creeps up on you. You, you, you know, you, you you get busy with life. You get uh, you start enjoying the fast foods, the simple, you know, the, the simple fast things in life. And next thing you know, your shirt's an XL, and next thing you know, you know, a little bit down the track, you you're wearing a three XL shirt, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to let this turn into a four XL. And next thing you know, you're buying five XL. Um, you have a couple of kids, you know, you. And then you go do that responsible thing. So you go, oh, I better get life insurance. I've got some kids, you know, I've got some responsibilities now. I'm not healthy. So, you know, I better. So you go off for the medical and then you fail the medical. And you're just like, this, none of this is going in the right direction at all. And I think that was it. It was a combination of a bunch of stuff. And I went, oh, I've got to, got to do something about this. And at the time, CrossFit was the big rage. So I joined CrossFit and uh, I couldn't do the 200 meter warm up. Hey. And, and, CrossFit's one of those things, you all walk into a box, you pick up weights and you're all doing the same thing. You might be lifting 200 something and I'm lifting 10 something. It doesn't matter. We're doing the same movement. But when you go for that warm up and everyone's running and I'm not, oh man, that was embarrassing. You know, I stood out. That was embarrassing. This 
and I was a big, I was a big lump of a guy just going, to, we haven't even started yet, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and CrossFit's so just, hard though, isn't it? CrossFit's just so intense. Oh, Almost. I got to the point where everything was hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was also looking for the fast answer, you know. I was looking, you know, I got to lose weight, and everyone's looking for that. How do you lose weight the fastest? And oh, I'm going to go to CrossFit because that was the rage. But you know, it, it turned out losing weight the fastest way was uh, for me was running um, because it did a few things. Exercises are great for you, but uh, it teaches your behaviour too about subconsciously, you know, going. Oh, I'm doing something good and positive and hard work today. Um, so when it's you sit down at that mealtime, you're like, maybe I shouldn't have that second bowl of ice cream. And slowly that uh, that that cycle of you know reinforcing that behaviour and the eating and the yeah, you know, I, I was a big drinker. The only you take up running and you do some hangover runs and uh, you start sorting out in a hurry how much alcohol you're going to have the night before if you're going to get up and run in the morning. Yeah, it just happens so easily though, doesn't it? Like you sort of. You, you look at a photo of yourself and you think, oh, I'm not that fat. It's just a bad photo. And then you don't, re- until you actually sort of take a step back and look at what you're actually eating, look at how much you're drinking, you don't realize that it's just way too much. Hey, like Even oh, for me now, I- like th- I've been really good the last probably two months, but until then I kind of look and think, God, man, I'm eating a lot of shit that I don't need to be eating. You can really clean your diet up, can't you? And it's one of those things that by the time you realise it, you, you've gone past a whole bunch of, you know, markers and indicators. It, I guess it's a bit like by the time you're, when you're in a marathon, by the time you realise you haven't drunk enough water, it's already too late. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's that exactly was the right. same. It, yeah. it wasn't I just needed to tidy up my diet a little bit. It was It was fundamental, radical change to my life I needed to do to bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the same thing happened to me years ago. I, I took my first lot of long service after almost 13 years of um, baking with the same boss. And my wife had two kids and she said, I'm going back to work. If you're going to take your long service, you can look after Miles because he was only two years old at the time. So I'm thinking oh, I've got like 11 weeks of holidays here. So I just sat around eating when he ate. And then as well as that, having my own lunch and then an afternoon tea with him and then to, to sort of encourage him. And before long, that that term dad bod sort of um, come into play and you don't even realise that until you see a photo of it beforehand and then you go, holy shit, I put some weight on. I don't know if you guys notice it, but the first thing you notice is people's faces oh, yeah. come plump. When they lose right. weight, they become yeah. a bit more skinny. It's the, last place, it's the last place you lose it from. So when people, you know, like lose, start losing weight, yeah. people like look at them, and like, especially me, because it's I haven't got any weight to lose. If I do lose some, yeah, it's, you know, you lose it in the face. So it's where you see it in people. It's like in the face. Yeah. So like, pre-running, I started this job now and got into park runs. I got up to 117 kilos, and now I'm 84. So yeah, so it's, and that's it's quite light because he's so tall. It's not yeah, as much yeah. as what you've lost, I imagine, but um, still quite a bit from my height and and frame size, I guess. And Adam, you'll hate to you'll hate me when I say this, but I have trouble trying to maintain. Like the a healthy way, oh, I'm 72 to 74 kilos, ringing wet, and I have trouble be at, trying to consume enough food to be able to maintain that. So um, even if I stop training, I tend to eat less because there's less. My body is less demand. It sort of it sort of 
like if I exercise more, I eat more, but I still stay the same weight. And I've never, I have real trouble in trying to put any weight on. And even when I stop doing all the running, I still sort of sit around the same weight. Yeah. So it's. Um, and do you think, do you think some of that's your DNA or do you think, you know, you might've been brought up in an environment where you just cannot eat Maccas five days a week and, you know, finish it. Well, off I could. I, eat, I used to eat pizza. I used to phone up Domino's pizza and they recognize the number. They go usual. I go, yeah, please be there in five minutes. Put the phone down. They wouldn't even, you know, that would be, uh, you know, so I could, but I think it's the amount of food you eat. It's not what you eat. And a lot of dietitians will say this. It's not what you eat. It's the amount of food. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That you're consuming. And um, I've just always been active. Look, obviously, there's a little bit of uh, DNA in there as well, but we're still all consuming the same calories. It's not like you you pee them out if they're – but I am a type 1 diabetic, so theoretically I can pee out a lot of sugar without consuming it if I don't have the insulin to, you know, uptake it. The other so, boys, the other boys, the other boys will back me mate. up. Yeah, the other boys will back me up. A year ago, Nath got flooded in, and I said, "Mate, you need a hand with anything." He goes, "Oh, if you could go shopping for me, all right." So here we go, and I, and I filled a shopping trolley and took it out of how seriously looked like I was shopping for a, a grade three as lunchbox um, <laughs> for the amount of shit that was in it. Apart from the milk and uh, general, well, we sent stuff. him a list. Um, it looked like I was fueling some three grade three or grade two lunchbox. That's what it looked like. So yeah, he does. Not 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 so much eating adult food, I reckon. There's a lot of snacks oh, in there I, for this tight one diabetic. Back yeah. in, back when we were tie boxing, right? I, <laughs> me and Nathan were both fighting on the same show, and like to make the weight I used to fight at, I'm, I was living on like lettuce leaves. Like I couldn't. If I looked at a donut, I put on three kilos. And uh, I remember one night we finished a massive session, and I went home and I, I messaged Nathan and said, "Oh man, I've just jumped on the scales and I'm still so heavy. I've got to go to bed hungry." And Nathan goes, oh, I've just had like a large KFC meal. <laughs> and I remember just sitting there just going, how does he do it? Like, oh, yeah. It definitely um, people's metabolisms are different, aren't they? Like some people. Yeah, right, it runs like obviously me and Nathan are brothers, so, but I'm the same. And then, oh, dad's, dad's like skinny and that he's never yeah, been that. Like Spencer was always skinny. Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to go into it, but it is depending on the first sort of three or four years of your life where the size you are. So, if you actually have fat baby, your body produces more fat cells, so that you have the ability. Even if you then got slim, you have the ability when you're older genetically to be able to become very overweight because your body produced all these fat cells to be able to store all this fat. Me and Fraser and everyone in our family have always been skinny as a rake. So we never produce those fat cells. It's actually technically like if you look at it, it there, you, depending on your first few years of your life, depends on the ability when you're older for you to be able to put that that weight on. Um, yeah, so it's like we, I suppose, they're genetically, yeah, we've been sort of lucky as well in that fact. And I, I don't know, like I can really ram some. Well, I think I'm eating a lot, and then you know my partner will say you haven't actually eaten that much. <laughs> so, I'm like you know, I suppose it's your concept as well, and that's what they talk about when people try and lose weight is portion control. So, like, put what you'd normally eat, and then maybe take a scoop of scoop or two of mashed potato off, and then get yourself used to that size. And then because people say, oh yeah, I don't eat that much, but that not not much for one person might be a lot for another person. So it all just depends what they've been used to growing up and. And that as well, but it's definitely the amount of it 
uh, you eat. But yeah, I think I turned up at a fight show once. I was eating a Macca's because I'd easily made weight. I was just like eating Macca's in the background just to annoy people. Hey, Adam, um, going back to the running side of things, you've become quite an established runner. Um, have you got any uh, sort of off the top of your head, you got your PBs for like different distances? I know you do a lot of them. You do a lot of park runs. I know you do 10K events with the Morton Bay Roadrunners. You did 25K club championship the other week, which I know you just got under the right time again. Yeah, um, I, I ran for the first seven years sort of solo, like just doing my own thing, running with, you know, people I'd met, stuff like that. But most of my runs were solo. Yeah. And then I thought I'd join the uh, Morton Bay Roadrunners um, 18 months ago. Yeah. I joined with the view of I, I wanted my, my PB for a park run was 2020. And I, I, I just, I want to get it under 20. And so I joined them. And on that very first week I joined them, Liam McCarthy was pacer for 20, min 20 minutes. And I followed him for the first three kilometers. And I just, I watched him and my little sub 20 dream slowly step away from me. And I ended up taking, shaving a second off and it's 2019. And the problem with run clubs is then everyone starts talking all things running, um, 10Ks, you know, half marathons, marathons. The next thing I know, I'm doing longer runs. And so I haven't got back to the whole, um, my, my 5K still sits at 2019, but, uh, you know, I've now I've now done a whole bunch of uh, longer running. I've done my first marathon last year. Um, I wanted to go do sub four hours for my first, you know, marathon. And we did 345. We put 345 in our watch. We did it. I, I, I think I was 345 in nine seconds or something. So I was happy with that. I spent the few months after that going, I'm never doing one of them again. Um, and then I've, I've, I've just registered for this year again with a goal of going back, doing it slower and enjoying it this time. So I thought before I completely wipe marathons out of my his, you know, future, I'll, uh, I'll give it one more crack and see if I can't enjoy one. Um, but I really love the half marathon. That is a fun distance. That's a, you, you, uh, uh, for me, for me, it's the distance you can just get up, turn up, and just belt it out. You don't have to. I don't have to think about water or gels or hydration. Right. I can just go nuts. Mm. Um, and mm. so I, um, I, I, I sit around a. I, I think I've got a one thirty six on, on on my halves. So that's Very good. good. That's great. Yeah, um, that's yeah. quite a good time for seeing, like yeah yeah five k twenty nineteen, but one thirty six is. Um, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, good and I've, I mean, I've got a forty-one thirty for my ten. So I, yeah, I think I think awesome. everyone's perplexed why I, why I can't get my sub twenty. But anyhow, we'll get there. Yeah, Just need yeah, faster yeah. shoes. You're right about that half marathon distance. So um, that half uh, yesterday, it is definitely something you can sort of like belt out. You don't have to go to the hurt locker for too long, um, and you, you you could basically do it without water and gels. Um, yep. You know, so you could just sort of you know, like a 10K, you can just sort of hit it. Whereas a marathon, yeah, you've got to definitely give yourself a bit of planning. There's, It's going to hurt for, you know, it's endurance. It's a lot of time as well on your feet and your brain can wander with that. But I think a, a half marathon, you just sort of like, right, you know, it's it's 21K, I can boom. And you're probably doing that in training runs anyway. So you get that distance is not too long to go, oh, it's a big, big effort. It's going to take up a large portion of the, of uh, running time so yeah yeah, they're, they're almost nothing alike a half marathon and a marathon from where i you know the, the limited experience i've had uh it's just yeah marathons is yeah well thought out 
you, you, you discover what what this wall is that everyone talks about, all of that. Yeah. But I think it's just important as well. You said about enjoying it. And that's a lot of what I like um, trail running is because of races, because there's hills and things and you're not. And so you're not going, oh, my God, I'm meant to be doing five minutes of K if every K, you know, like you walk some of the hills and whatever time you finish, you're finishing, but enjoy your surroundings. And um, I remember one thing I said to the people I was running with yesterday when I was pacing was, I looked across in the river and it looked beautiful. I said, don't forget to look up and enjoy the view because everyone's like, oh, looking, looking, you know, just look at some of the architecture and look at the, you know, where you are. And, you know, it's, um, but, it, but I think definitely it, in a marathon, you can, with a road race, you can get set on, I've got to do this time, but you, it's very important. You said you want to enjoy one. And I think that's key of as you're running one, enjoy it, just taking the atmosphere, especially a big one like London you can really enjoy the whole atmosphere of it. So I think that's very important as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Adam, last week I recapped your um, nine-year anniversary for your run streak and it recently changed your name to Run Streak, Adam, on your Insta tag. Um, has there been any close calls where you thought, I'm not going not gonna to finish this and it's going to end? Like, Because oh. like everyone gets sick and when you get sick, really sick, and you don't feel yeah. like getting out of bed at all, how do you get out of bed and run? Oh, uh, the, the sick ones, I, I mean, and I'm one of those guys that get the man flu. So, you know, I've I've got up some mornings and just, oh, and, and, and it's funny, you go belt out 8K, or not belt, that's, you know, you go struggle through 8Ks with a congested nose, heavy chest, stuff like that. You actually come back feeling a little bit better. Um, not for long, though, but I've certainly, um, I, I, I certainly get sick a lot less. So it's a, it's a lot, a lot less of a problem now than the early days. Um, but I've certainly got up, gone for my run, come back and just, you know, had to be in bed the rest of the day and then get up and do it again the next day. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had to get up and, you know, run at, you know, 12, 12.30 a.m. in the morning because my day was going to, you know, put me on a plane to Sydney or something like that. I've, I've do, you have a minimum, do you have a minimum distance you'll do? Yeah, currently it's eight. So right. and it, it was based on when I started, it started off, doing my block and that sort of took, you know, 30 odd minutes. And, and and so it was three kilometers in the early days and then it was five and then I went to eight. And it, it's a, it's on that premise of, you know, for it to really, you know, be of great benefit to me, um, it needs to be over 30 minutes. So I guess if I get faster in the years to come, I might have to push it out a bit, but I'm, I'm quite happy with the eight at the moment. And we just need to explain to everyone listening who yeah, don't know you in the world that, um, Adam has been running every day for just over nine years. So come hell or high water, floods, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, hangover, whatever, Adam is uh, runs every every day of the week, every day of the year. Nine nine today's today's 3,297. Wow. wow. So that, um, yeah, no excuses. Go for it. Adam, is it... Uh... So you run every day. How do you like if you've got a race plans like coming up? How do you manage manage that? Because obviously, would you still go for? Obviously, you're still going for a run the day before. Then you're going to race and you want to do a fast, say five park run, five k park run. How do you manage? Yeah. How do you manage that? Well, I got to do a couple of things. One, I certainly start trying to you know slow it down. Um, my, I, I sort of feel a natural pace for me when I go from my home loop is about sort of 545, you know, kilometers a minute pace. Um, no, the other way around minutes, 
per kilometer. Um, I try and pull that back under, you know, under over six, just to give myself a bit of that, you know, rest recovery taper speed. Um, I still do the eight Ks. Um, I, I certainly run solo so that I put on a slow, boring, you know, news podcast or something like that. Um, Cause at the moment I run with people, you just, that's out the window. No. <laughs> so no. I try and just, you know, run slow in the lead up to it. Um, that's not the problem. And cause you gotta remember for me, um, my priorities that I will run tomorrow. That is my absolutely, you know, priority in life and all metrics. So it's all fun to get ready for the race coming up, but it's, you know, it's, it's the run tomorrow is my number one priority. It's the run after the, the goal, you yeah. know, the Gold Coast, for instance. I think that was the yeah, first was time. That? I think that was the first time, it, it, you know, running that I had tears in my eyes while I was running. Seven was, minutes was, a K. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It was something. Because I could, I mean, did the half marathon yesterday. There's no way I could go out for a run today because my calves are just absolutely like killing me. Like, yeah. Getting the right shoes, though, I reckon, as well, isn't it? You don't have a streak, though, phrase. No. Adam, yeah. Adam has to go. <laughs> yeah. So was it something that just started and you were just like, man, I'm just going to keep this going? Yeah, I think because it was such the biggest you know, mountain for me to climb in terms of I could not run to then, I, I remember, so my, my running streak started in a, in a May of one year. In the March, so a couple of months before that, I'd done a fun run, the pink fun run. Um, I'd done 5Ks. It was 39 minutes. It was the first time I'd ever done it unbroken. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, it just it felt so great. And so somewhere between that March and the May, um, my running got, you know, I was in, when you start running, that's the biggest leaps and bounds. Your running just gets better from almost from run to run. Um, and I just remember I got to my home loop around the block was three Ks and, and, and I'd, you know, done one one day. And I thought, oh, I should I should see if I can, you know, do this every day to the end of the week. And that was it. I just, oh, yeah, I, should, I should see if I can keep doing this to the end of the month. And I didn't know streak running was a thing until I ran into a guy I knew over at Bribe, sort of a guy I knew. And um, he said, oh, are you still running every day? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, you're on a streak. And I said, a what? He said, you're on a, there's this thing called streak runners. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was on day 700. I remember the conversation. I was on day 783 before I knew that streak running was a thing. I just thought I was just doing my own little OCD thing. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah. I thought street running is where you run down the street naked or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> get tackled by the bodyguards. Yeah, I remember right earlier in the year I was running. I ran every day, and then I thought, oh, I'm gonna just keep running, every, you know, because you get into sort of a motivation thing. Oh, I've run every. I've run like 14 days straight. Oh, I go. I go a little bit longer, and I think I got up to about 23, 24 days, and then I had a rest day. But it sort of felt good just to be like, oh, I did run every day for like, you know, twenty odd days, but nothing compared to your, what three thousand. Oh, it's an amazing how what the brain does with that, you know, consistency, momentum, you know, just the mm. the, the brain loves connecting, you know, connecting activities like that. Yeah. Do you have your own little um table of worldwide street runners that you like put yourself on up against? Well, there is, there was something, I went to register the website called um, Run Every Day. Um, yeah. And when I went to go register it, um, and I've got, so it, it's runeveryday.com.au. But when I went to go to it, 
and check it out. The runeveryday.com is actually the Street Runners International website. And so then I stumbled across them and they've got the, they keep this registry of all the streets alive and retired around the world. They do a newsletter every quarter about, you know, milestones for their streak runners and, you know, if yeah. the streaks had to end and why. And I tell you what, they're, they're not fun stories to read. Um, and just, yeah, so there's this big organisation out there that just, you know, keeps account of everyone's streak and where they're up to. I, I think I've got the second longest recorded registered streak in Australia at the moment. That's awesome. Is, that, is the number one still going? Yeah, well, they're in streak running in the states is nuts. There's guys into the 40s and 50s of years, like just wow. Yeah, yeah. I think the longest one in history was 55 years or something like that. Was it Ron Hill? Yeah. Uh, Ron might have been, or so. Yeah. Or he was up there. He was certainly up there. I don't know who took the. I think he was like 51 or 52 years or something like that. And somebody recently went past him. But are all the runs on right, or, or are they treadmill as well. Mine have all been on the road. All on the road. Yeah. yeah. All, and all you did a tra- cruise ship. You did a trail race as well, didn't you? Yeah, I've done it. I've done a done couple trail of run. trails. Yeah. So you're gonna do one again? I think you said no, it again. Not again not no. He's ticked the box off, Nate. He's ticked and the I box went, and done. I went and bought those Sakoni trail shoes and everything. And and I thought, I'm gonna get in. This looks great. And I did it and I went, I'm not doing that again. How what put you off? Oh, I think the panic of watching every foot, like there was, <laughs> I think I was so stressed running that I was going to do an ankle or something, you know, and yeah. again, for me, that ruined you your know, streak. To, that's right. Yeah. Tomorrow's run is the most important thing to me on a daily basis. And so here I am running up and down this mountain and it's slippery and it's rocks. And I'm like, oh, every now and again, I'm like, I'm not doing that. How was the, uh, how was the run on the, uh, on the cruise ship? That was fun. Um, so I, I did it with the GPS the first time because I knew it would be wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I drew this little, you know, spiral along the ocean because even when you're running backwards opposing the boat, you're still travelling that way faster. Um, mm. So I drew this spiral in the ocean. The, the cruise boat I went on uh, was 97 metres a lap, so I had to do 84 laps. Um, and uh, the second time I went on the cruise ship, I researched about putting the Garmin on indoor run and it uses all the other metrics, your, your cadence, you, you, you know, you, you, you know, and stride and stuff like that to measure it out. And it was pretty damn accurate of, you know, counting the eight Ks for me. Yeah. 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 Do you think there'd be a day when you start to stop, you go, like, okay, I've done 15 years or you go. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine it. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there would have to be something fundamental, you know, a failure at a physical level for me to not to do it because uh, I can't imagine a non-physical impairment scenario where I wouldn't do it. So I yeah. suppose your wife doesn't have to go, oh, you're going for a run tomorrow because she ordered <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she, Ironically, she got me into running in the first place. So uh, she was, she And you've never been like, injured? Uh, you've never been no, injured? I had a uh, hamstring, you know, a hamstring issue that plagued me for sort of months and months, and I went and um, I, went, I bounced through a few physios that all told me I needed to, you know, stop running and recover it. And then I landed on Brad Beer, and he was like, "Well, if we tell you to stop running, we're going to have to send you off somewhere else to deal with the mental problems with telling you to stop running." 
Um, so he's oh, Brad Beer, he's the famous um, pogo physio, yeah, physical yeah, performance he, podcast guy. Yeah, as soon as he name. heard my story about what you know, said I can't stop running. I'm you know, I'm a street runner, blah blah blah. And he was just like, okay, all right, this is what we're going to do next. Then he was just you know, straight into you know, what is the solution for this individual guy? He was really what did what was what what was the solution? A whole lot of at home exercises. But you know, strengthening uh, stuff, or yeah, absolutely, or... just strengthening it, and 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 it's. I think I was a bit of a skeptic of what he was giving me to do, and it just was absolutely it. Um, it was it was phenomenal. It was brilliant. Um, I stepped off a uh, gutter in New Farm once and twisted my ankle, and that was sore every time I ran for about three months. But apart from that, that was there. There might be my sort of injuries. Yeah. And your yeah. Gold Coast, you're doing the Gold Coast Marathon, did you say? Yeah, yep. So you'll see, you'll see me line up with the 350 balloon guy this year. A little bit yeah, slower than last cool. year. Just you know, I'll have yeah. I'll have I'll have gels that I'll actually take this time, and I'll you know, you might even see me drink some water. Mate, you should yeah. take a GoPro with you and just like film the whole thing. Yeah. Seeing as you're sort of taking it in, you can feel like that. Um, the guy that we interviewed, Nick Bester. He did a Gold Coast, um, sorry, London marathon, and he filmed the whole thing because he was going way slower than what he normally would. He just filmed the crowd, the group he was running with. He was chatting to the camera. It's one of the he best made videos three I've hours seen. Look so easy, didn't he? Yeah, He's but just, just seeing how like he was connecting with the crowd, with the group that he was running with, like. And every time he got to a crowd, a part where there was the crowd was huge, he was running along like going come on and then the crowd would go bananas and yeah you should yeah, do no, something I'm, I'm similar looking, i'm looking forward to looking forward to it if that's a if that's a sentence yeah, yeah. Uh, so with your running there's the strava side of things and then there's also the insta and facebook version of that that has videos and stuff to go with it i love watching those things one very um cool thing i'm quite envious of i've seen the there's a lizard in your letterbox here there's ah. um some liquefied possums that decide to cross the power lines outside your house or whatever at the wrong stage and get zapped but yep. you have a run cupboard ha huh, yes i do uh, you where remember, that started from well i had to <laughs> the decision to not run every morning is a way easier decision to make than go running if it's raining and stuff like that so you you know as as a former fat and lazy person, you've got to remove all of the barriers that are going to stop you from doing the right thing tomorrow. And that is having your run kit ready. Having and so for me, it's evolved into. I used to have my shorts, my socks, my undies, um, and my shirt shoved into the cap beside the shoes, ready to go. And that's sort of evolved into this little uh, run cupboard now, where I've got everything lined out. You know, I've got my my shirts bucket, my little you know little pods where I put everything and, you know, I put on the flashy lights for in the morning and my headlamp and just goes so beyond that. The description doesn't say everything. He's got a little charging station and he plugs his watch in and his headlamps and all the little reflecting lights. It's got like a little, yeah, it's cool as man. Yeah. You got like your socks sorted there, shoes standing there. It's like cool as one of so the coolest when, things I've seen. Very envious. Yeah. So it, it means that when I'm standing there, no matter what run I'm about to go on, if I need to grab some body glide or, you know, if it's, if, in summer, I've got the sunscreen, so there's no there's no you know excuse for me to end up in a run getting sunburnt because I was literally staring at the sunscreen at the moment I was getting dressed or something like that. So yeah, it's very cool. 
So, Adam, what the um, you're obviously going to do the Gold Coast Marathon. So, do you have a, like a training plan for that, like, or do you just keep doing your normal sort of? Well, it's. I think that's been one of the great benefits of joining a run club, is that um, you can just, you know, you, you sort of follow somebody. You, you, you see whatever run. Like there was some guys that are doing the Brisbane Marathon next weekend, so they wanted to go in and run Brisbane River today. So you know, I was able to do twenty kilometers this morning. I did fifteen kilometers yesterday with some others in the in the club. So I, while I don't have a plan. Um, and that's, you know, not important to me. At least I get to lift up those kilometres by sort of just jumping in on other people's plans. Yeah. Um, and you get to sort of pick and choose a bit then. You go, I'm, I'm, you know, they might go, oh, we're doing 30Ks at five, you know, five-minute pace, and you're like, oh, any other takers? Mate, I reckon I've got the most important question here. <laughs> what shoes are your favourite <sighs> shoes? Running oh, every day, you must, you must have gone through a few. You must get a few, a few a pair every like a couple of months. <laughs> oh no, yeah, every uh, it's about every seventy days I get a pair of shoes at the moment. Um, oh, I've gone through most brands, and I keep coming for me my my feet and my you know I guess my stride. I keep coming back to Asics. Um, I started off in the uh, Cumulus, so I used to do the Nimbus and Cumulus a lot, um, and then. Um, and every now and again, I'd try some of the other brands, the Zaconis or Saucities or however you want to say it. Um, I played with the Brooks and all of, you know, just all of the brands, really. Um, but soon as I put on my first pair of carbon fibre, wow, I was never going back. They, so I, I played with the carbon fibre and all the brands, but I'm, I'm, I've probably done um, in the ASIC uh, Metaspeed Skies, um, I'm probably three or four of iterations of them now one after the other and um i'm about to i'm about to go buy a new pair so what i do is i buy i, I run in a pair every day and then i buy my next pair and use them for the fast or race day ones and then when i've done six or seven hundred you know kilometers in this pair i go to the race day pair i pull them they become my everyday pair and i go buy my race day pair so i'm about to go buy my next race day pair and well, I've never tried the brand. I like the look of those Mizuno waves. Gotta gotta go check them out, I think. Oh yeah, yeah that uh Clive um Clive's just got a pair Clive's too. Clive's got yeah. a pair, hadn't he? Yeah. yeah. I had I saw him uh, at uh, after the time trial. Yeah, well, that's the on cloud. Have you tried the on cloud ones? No, I haven't tried them. They look quite nice, but um yeah, it's then there's a few, there's like a was it the Mizuno have got their what did we look at yesterday? Was it Sacconi? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that was the uh, Sacconi Endorphin Elite. Elite, yeah, yeah, they light, weren't they? Looked really good. Yeah. 380 bucks worth, though. You need an huh? ASIC sponsorship, so because <laughs> the amount of shoes you're getting through. Yeah. Uh, but well, if they do that, they'll lose, you know, they'll lose one of their uh, repetitive customers, though. <laughs> <laughs> When um when I bought my last pair of alphas, I, I like because I'd had alpha flies before, but when I, I bought them from uh that Alez Sports in Malula Bar, and I had one Metaspeed Sky on the left foot and an alpha fly on the right, and I was so tempted to buy the Asics because I just felt so good, but I thought, man, it's a big risk, you know. They got know them. Like, yeah, yeah, they're like yeah, the, yeah. they're their super shoe of. Okay. Yeah. 
but I didn't get them because I thought, oh, look, I'll play it safe. You know, it's it's a bit risky to go with something new on for the for an important race, but definitely think I'll get a pair. Like they just feel so bouncy, so squishy. Like, where do you get them off the Asics website, or is there a shop? I do now. I, when I lived in Brisbane, there was an Asics flag store ship in Brisbane, and um, it it. I think at the end of its lease was about a year ago and they just decided not to continue in Brisbane. Um, so I've got, I've gone to getting them offline now, but it was nice to go in because they would tell you about the, you know, if there's a new iteration of it, um, you know, what the feedback was from other runners and stuff like that, I, which is, you know, when you don't know a lot about shoes or you certainly want to know about the other brands in another lane, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to chat to somebody in a shop and go, well, these are what the other runners are saying. So Otherwise, it's just you trying them on in a shop running around. Would you always go for the newer version or would you maybe just stick with the same sort of version that you've got when they might be even cheaper anyway because, you know, it's the older? Yeah, it's, it's oh, I'm an early adopter, so I always I always like to try the newer, you know, the newer things, see what it's like. I'm the guy that lines up for an iPhone at the Apple store. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I see that in the city. Like when <laughs> the iPhone's coming out as a queue all the way down Edward Street. <laughs> yeah, I got. I got to see if it's better than the last one. And, and the same with shoes, you know. Especially when it went from, you know, carbons. Carbon came out of nowhere, and then I tried a pair. And I was just like, oh, these are awesome. Yeah, it was just a, such a um, like it just changed everything forever. And I think, especially for us like older runners when these new super shoes come out, you realize like you could go and like pretty much flog yourself doing a half or something. And you kind of didn't feel too bad the next day, did you? Like your calves weren't cooked and. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I, I find that, that yeah, Fraser, Fraser was, uh, he wore the um, vapor flies. Have you ever used the um, Nike shoes? No, it's the only brand I haven't played with yet. Okay. Out of the out of the big guys, out of the big brands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're um they're interesting because I wore my Alpha Fly ones yesterday, like for a run, and you definitely get more, I think, return pop than the Alpha Fly two, but the Alpha Fly two is a lot more comfortable, especially in that arch area. Uh, I definitely found that comfortable. With the Vapor Fly though, they don't have those pods, and this the foam's a bit different, and I think. That's why Fraser's calves are aching. It's, um, mine ache if I do anything over sort of like 10, 10K, but not in the alpha flies. But I think it can make a definitely a difference how you feel the next day. And I think the super shoes have definitely made that recovery um, a lot better, especially compared to everyone used to go every thin, didn't they? Race shoes used to be as thin as light as possible. As anything. Yeah, Race flats. Adidas, Adidas ones yeah. used to be. The light mm. of the shoe, the minimal, the most shoe was used to be your race shoe. That was it. Yeah, yeah. and you just accepted the fact that you were going to be ruined. Eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They but... certainly wear out faster, though, your uh, your race day shoe. That's for sure. I used to, you know, um, run in the uh, Cumulus and Nimbus and be able to get sort of 800 to 1,200 yeah. kilometers. And now I'm down to the 600 in the, in the fast shoes. Yeah. yeah. 600 is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get, yeah, I, I'm not, a, I, I don't scuff as I go. I got a fairly nice, you know, stride, so, I think, yeah. yeah. I, um, I probably, I run today in my vapor flies just for comfort because I haven't run for a few days, but I don't have any calf issues. Um, I don't know. It could just be maybe just different for every individual, you know what I mean? So in the lead up to the GC30, I run 32Ks in a pair of vapor flies with like um, four 3K efforts at, at 420, I think. 
And then that 32 Ks was um, at 442 average. And I still didn't get sore calves from that. So, but then in the GC30 ended up running in my alpha flies with still no issues. So I don't know. It could just depend on what you're training as well. Whereas I've got a huge rotation of shoes. It doesn't really matter. They all sort of seem to work for me. Mm. So, yeah. Thoughts yeah, I, just, thoughts? I just I just end up wearing the alpha flies all the time. I just gotta <laughs> I've gotta stop wearing them, eh? What have you been wearing for your speed sessions? Alphas. Alphas. What did you wear today? Alphas. <laughs> what'd you wear yesterday? What, what'd you what'd you run Alphas, the, yeah. what'd you what'd you pace in, mate? Uh, the alpha flies, yeah. <laughs> well the go. thing is, man, the newer versions of the vapor flies, yeah, they wreck my calves. Like, yeah. I, I, the first pair I had, mm. I think I've said this on the podcast a few times, but the first pair I had was so poppy and bouncy and they lasted for hundreds of Ks. And then I remember there was one night I was wearing them at the, one of the Strider sessions. And I remember thinking these have finally lost their bounce. And then the newer pairs that I've bought, like I've had a couple of the version twos and I've, feel like they lose their bounce just so much quicker. Like they're yeah. just done. Like, you know, you wear them a few times and they just feel flat and old. Yeah. You know, whether it's new foam or, you know, the foam's not as good or I, I don't know. But it's, the, one, just... the ones I wore yesterday, that was the first, I've only worn them a couple of times. Just probably an 8K, 10K run out on the road, but that was like probably the third time I've ever actually worn them. For a full twenty-one, but, yeah. you know, and a full twenty-one. That's where Adams, um, probably ahead of all of us, he's sticking with that one brand and the one type of shoe, and he might have a race shoe and a training shoe the same. So he he's got a bit of an idea compared to that newer version, how how shit the old one's getting. You know what I mean? And intensive yeah. feel, because he'd probably know. You go, oh shit, I got a run coming up when he races. You go, oh, these feel awesome, and then you go back to your training ones for the the rest of the week after that, and you think these feel terrible compared to that other set. Oh so, yeah, you can definitely feel. You know, Saturday mornings when I'm on my way to park run, I throw on the, the the newer you know, MetaSpeed Skies, and you're like, ooh, these are nice. They they got a pretty cool rocker in them too. Them shoes, eh? The new ones. Yeah. So they've got yeah. the carbon plate and a full rocker. I know Nathan speaks of his trail shoes. The rocker just propels him forwards, and he loves them to death. But mm. sort of compared to all the Nikes and stuff, he doesn't have that same flow in them. They're more relying on the the cushioning and the and the the carbon plate propelling him forwards. He's, he reckons he's rocker when he gets out on the trails. He just gets that forward momentum, yeah. just sort of doesn't slow down. And I, I heard yeah. I, think I asked yeah. Jess Wells, Jess Willis in the message when they first come out. They got sent her and Jake Townsend got sent some um, trial ones, and they said, "Yeah, what's new about them?" And they said the rock is unbelievable. So that's where you go from an old style to the new version. It's just something that sticks out like that, and you can go, well, that's next level on my old pair of shoes is the rocker. So it's the same shoe, but better performance, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So and many forwards. So many different shoes, though, aren't they? You, just, you want to try them all just to find out which one the, feels the best one and then stick with that. But, you, you know, you're talking $300-odd a pair of shoes. Yeah. You just don't know which yeah. one. You know. What what are the asset? What are the ASICs cost? The Metaspeed Sky. At three, at, at three, yeah, three thirty, I think, from yeah. the website. Oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't long so ago that it was, you know, expensive shoes with you know high two hundreds. Then they cracked over to the three. We'll be paying, you know, into the four hundreds. Not, you know, not too far from now for super yeah. shoes. It wasn't too long ago. We said it sounds like um, Saucony and Nike and a few of the other ones like 
whoever they all got together and said, let's make all the new prices two seventy uh three seventy, remember? They were all the shoes coming out, that third iteration of the, the vapor flies and everything, it's just all like up there at that same cost. But yeah, ASICs have sort of held their ground with a sort of a slightly cheaper shoe, but still performing well in all the major events and stuff as well. So Yeah, loads of the pros do well in the ASICs. Yeah. It was a good um that Lucy Charles Barclay does the triathlons. She's sponsored by ASICs. And she went over to their factory where they make the shoes. And it's you should watch it. It's really good because they, they show how they, they're making them all. And they were made a shoe, especially for her, like the way she ran and all that. But she wears those meta speed ones and all that when she races. But it's really good how they're... But they couldn't video some of it inside because it's all secret technology where they're making all the shoes and stuff. And they got a new new sort of secret coming out for the new shoe. So they weren't allowed to video inside, but she went inside and yep. just sort of mentioned it, you know, when she got out. But yeah, it's really good. You should watch it. Yeah. Hey, Adam, are you into Strava art? Because i got a question about your local run you do all the time. You know I'm going to say it, don't you? <laughs> hey, you, do a, you do a standard run out your way, and it looks like a picture. And I reckon if I got my 17-year-old son, I said, what does this look like? He'd say it looks like a T-Rex with a penis. Yeah. yeah. Is there any I, truth uh... that you did that on purpose? It's it's almost the only way I can run. Like, yeah, no, it it came out by accident, and uh, I, I got to do. I call it my little dino run now. My little dinosaur run. I'm looking yeah. at it now. <laughs> <laughs> if you see it, you see it um, yeah. straight away too. But um, yeah. And, and part of one of those roads is the road that goes to the Gabulcha dump. So part of part of my morning home run, I literally go down the road that goes to the dump and people wonder why I drive to Sandgate to run along yeah. the waterfront there as often as I do. And I'm like, well, it's better than running down the road that goes to the dump. Yeah, there you go. Because I um I asked my wife, I said, what does this look like? She goes, dinosaur. And she goes, with a penis. And then I asked my <laughs> seven-year-old, almost seven-year-old daughter, I said, what does that look like? She goes, a T-Rex. And I'm assuming if I asked my almost seven-year-old <laughs> son, he'd say it's definitely a T-Rex with a penis. So um it's, it's quite out there i was just wondering whether you did that on purpose or whether it just that's how it worked out when you run no, it just ha- yeah it just worked out that way and i went oh that works yeah that's pretty cool seen it's some pretty good people Strava do run. that people do that don't they They do certain runs that yeah like look like yeah certain objects and stuff yeah look up yeah, dick, you... look up dick run claire on strava <laughs> oh, right. oh, and, oh she draws a penis yeah, Brent Brenton did one for your um birthday recently. And you yeah, wrote, he, he wrote your... to, yeah, draw 48 as we were running. And I knew yeah. they were up to something because you know, him and Lisa are going, oh, a couple of we were staying in the center of the road, we've got to turn left here, but sharp left and up here and <laughs> turn back, don't move off the center of the road. You know, I'm like, oh, they're drawing something. It's pretty cool. It looked like they started at the pier, Steve, and as they run down, sort of heading back towards Decker, they're in and out of all the back streets and ended up saying 48. So yeah. And there you go, a tribute. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that, they were very happy with it. And, I mean, and absolutely so was I, but they were very happy with their uh, Strava art. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you. I mean, that what you've done, man, you've just like basically saved your life with your, um, like I couldn't, when you put that post, I'll, I'll share the, um, the post to our Instagram page because you wouldn't, like you, it's hard to fathom that you're the same person. Like you look like looking at you now, you look like an athlete and the photos that you put up of you before, like you, you look like a, you know, like the sort of couch potato bloke that lives at the pub all the time. Like you, 
literally saved your life, eh? Oh, yeah. I was fueled on alcohol and, you know, fast food. Um, it, it, uh, it, you know, not only did I save my life or, you know, I get to extend the life. It's a much better life I live now, full of energy. I remember back, you know, back closer to those, you know, when I was the bigger guy, I'd read this metric that was, the, you know, when people, as they're getting older, lose the ability to get um, down to the floor and then off the floor again by themselves, when they lose the ability to do that, it's a real turning point in their life about when some, you know, some other things are going to go side, you start going sideways for them from a health point of view. And I remember going, oh, I don't get off the ground too well. Um, you know, yeah. being, being yeah. 39 and going, I can't get off the ground as well as I think I should. To uh, you know, that's a bit of a wake up call. Um, so now I now I can do box jumps, which is a whole other thing. To you know, you're fit, mate. You're very fit now. Yeah, you look like a regular runner that just enjoys it and and um, gets out there and just does his best every time. Really, thank you. Yeah, old oh, man. I hope that people listen to your story and just you know gives them a bit of fuel to to make a change because it just goes to show that anyone can do it. You just got to make that first step. And like, I think people worry, oh, you know, they're going to be out running and everyone's going to think that they look stupid. No one has ever looked at someone out trying and thought, oh, look at that idiot. Have they like, I see someone who's out overweight jogging or walking and I think, good on you, mate. You're making, Mm. you're making the right moves. Oh yeah. When you go through this process, you have a renewed appreciation for seeing people out there giving it a go. Um, and, and not only the people that, you know, are of the size or the health where I was, and you just, I feel like going over and, and walking beside them for a bit and just giving them good on you. You know, if you have a need, if you have a down day, call me, I'll, you know, tell you about yeah. my journey again. Through to you see people that look like you guys and you go, oh, I now have a renewed appreciation of what it takes to, to you know, to end up with a body that's fit and defined. And, you know, there's a, you, you're not born that way. You can't wish that. You can't buy it. There is only one way to a fit and healthy body, and that is you've got to, you've got to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. And surrounded by a huge support group too with the Morton Bay Roadrunners. They're all bloody supportive. Um, Fraser's in the run with Rob crew and they all get behind each other as well. You, you see in the comments, everyone's pretty supportive of each other. So that's, that's the first step too. I think you've done in the 18 months that you've been at the road runners. I, I imagine you know everyone and you're probably friends with everyone too. So that's, yeah, that's definitely thing. should have joined a run club sooner. I just, you know, the, the, the community and, and, and that would have to be, I would imagine the same for any rug club anywhere in the world. If you're thinking about joining one, go join one. It just, it's, it's just it's nice just being part of a a group in it a community like <clears throat> i go one every other week when i haven't got my kids to uh, run with rob group but it, you know there can be 10 people there in the morning or 30 or 40 people but then there's a group chat and everyone's saying well done on your run today and all that sort of thing it's it just gives you a bit more motivation and that i think and you know you're on the journey with everyone else like yeah, absolutely. stuff you're just not on your own like doing it so it's good and you yeah. never know on a run what little tidbit of you know conversation comes out that you learn something new about fueling or technique or stride or a shoe yeah. um, that you just don't you know you, you can't get that running by yourself of the big hitters in the morton bay road runner who's going to go well at the 
um, Gold Coast Marathon. I know Clive Gross is going to go well. Yeah. Liam, uh, Liam McCarthy is, is smashing all goals lately. Yeah, he's a leaps and bounds guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah. He, he, I uh, see they all did some hill repeats the other day and Liam took the crown off um, Clive Gross and he said uh, we knew it was all going to happen. So obviously yeah. in amongst that group, they all knew it was going to happen anyway. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, yeah, he yeah, beat I, he beat Abby and Clive in some hill repeat, and Stephen Butcher. The four of them are just smashing everything at the moment. And Liam took the crown for some something street hill out the back of Sandgate there, where they go and smash some hill repeats, and took the crown off all of them. So, yeah, he 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 is a he yeah he is a phenomenal runner that's still you know putting the pieces together and figuring it out. So I, I think it, there's a whole lot of watch the Liam space. Yeah, well, there you go. What do you reckon Clive will run at Goldie? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't follow his time. You know what? I do follow his times. I've asked him about him, but they seem that foreign. I can't re- retain them. You're like, hey, yeah, I'm like yeah. what is that? A re- is that a real time or what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's flying. Um, but he, he's, he's constantly improving. And Liam will be in the mix somewhere. Going off their um, bush turkey trip to the Melbourne Marathon last year, they're all going to PB, I think, this one. Oh yeah, yep. That yes, was one of the coolest things. That way. Yeah, going back, that was one of the coolest things I've seen. I think um, Jamie DeRoy and Stephen Butcher, Clive Gross, uh, I can't think. There was a heap of people who went down the Melbourne Marathon last year and Clive videoed it all, and I think maybe his wife as well, and sort of showed their lead up to it, the getting there, the, the start, race day, and then them climbing, climbing some sort of staircase to get ahead of somewhere, and they're all like hobbling up the stairs after the, the marathon. And um and then they're just going leaps and bounds from that time November through to now. It's not that hasn't been that far, but they seem to just be running faster and faster and getting fitter and fitter all the time. Um, oh yeah, they've really dialed in their training. It's it's been impressive to watch. Yeah, but expect big things from the, the road runners. I imagine yeah. they're all going to smash it. And you? Huh, yeah, I'm just I'm going I'm going to smile. I, mean, yeah. I, I will I will smile my way to a smile PB. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you'll get that 15 minutes and, and break 3.30, I reckon, the way you're going. Yeah, we'll you're see. only going to cruise this one, though, aren't you? You're yeah, gonna... yeah. Otherwise, I was going to be done with marathons. So I, I needed to, yeah, I needed to approach it differently this time. Yeah, cool. Should we uh, wrap it up, boys? Yeah. Thanks for coming on at a short notice. And um, we sort of mentioned you a lot on this show, so it's been good to actually get you on, on board and have a bit of a chat finally. I'm listening to you guys. It's it's it's. I, I say to people, it's like going for a run, putting the ears in, being part of a conversation with runners, but you you don't have to talk, and I just get to sit there. It's like sitting at the table listening to a conversation, and I can carry on with my running. So I love listening to you guys. It's 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 informative. It's community based. It's yeah. uh, it, it's warming. Awesome. It's welcoming. So thank you for what you guys are doing to the running community. It's awesome. If anyone from Essex is listening. <laughs> Sponsor this man. <laughs> you owe him a few pair of shoes. Yeah, I'm sure he'll do some reviews. He's quite good at the advertising side of it. So he gave us a good advertisement. The very first plug he gave us on Insta, he said, um, uh, "Get out there and listen to these guys. They easily run podcasts. Some of them are faster than me. Some of them are slower. Some are about the same speed. If that makes any sense to you guys." <laughs> and then uh, a few weeks later, we did the um, we did a park run, and Adam was there. 
and he videoed me and Nath going past him. And he goes, here goes a couple of the East Sleep Ron uh, run. Yeah, he was stalking us. And that's the last I'll see of them till the finish line. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, we get a few plugs off him, so which is pretty cool. So it's always good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if we don't see you beforehand, Adam, we'll uh, see you at the Gold Coast Marathon for sure. Yeah. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Okay. Cheers, awesome, man. Yeah, Have a good week, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for coming on again. Yeah, mate. Thank you. See you guys. Cheers, boys. Troubles behind, yes, it's fine. Come kick 
I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploitating my mind, 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 mind. 